Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's podcast is called Idolatry and Sinful Sacrifices. Before I move forward, I encourage you to share this podcast with anyone you feel may need it, as this is a very important topic based on a recent event where there was a tragic loss of life. For scripture reference today, I'm going to be using the New Living Translation, as it may be easier for a wide range of people to understand. And as always, you are welcomed and encouraged to cross-reference all verses I use with any translation you feel most comfortable with. I will have all the verses up on the Innocence Redeemed blog so that you can look there for reference on the verses if you, in case you miss them. So moving forward, let's get right into it. Now the official definition of an idol is including, but not limited to, the following. Number one, an object of extreme devotion. Number two, a representation or symbol of an object of worship a.k.a. a false god. Number three, a likeness of something. And in a likeness of something, you know, like an imposter, something that takes the place of uh, something that is higher. Uh, In this case, it would be God. Number four, a false conception. Number five, a form of appearance visible but without substance. To put it further, idolatry, which is a sin in God's word, is defined as the worship of a physical object as a god, an extreme attachment or devotion to something or someone, and it could even be considered a cause or virtue taking precedence in today's society. I mean, and we're seeing a lot of that. In biblical terms, it's essentially anything that takes the place of God or comes before him, some of which that can make a mockery out of him, of which the Lord does not take lightly. Now, I'm not going to get into the four-year binge I had taking part in that world in great detail back in the early 2000s, but let's just say it inspired sin and that these ran deep, and they were destructive to my walk with the Lord. I had to be reborn again once I left all of that behind me, and then find myself all over again. And thankfully the Lord was watching over me the whole time, because he had a bigger plan for my life. Does God have a bigger plan for your life? Keep listening, and you may just come to understanding by the end of this podcast. My friend, if I could preface one point in today's topic based on everything you are about to hear, the points I'm about to make are based on these two verses. Hebrews 3, verse 15. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. In this podcast, I'm going to be referring to this example that took place in uh, Houston, Texas, with this Astro World event surrounding this controversy with Travis Scott. He is not who he appears to be on the surface to most people, or most people are unaware. And I can understand why people are looking to stuff like this, because likely they are feeling inadequate in some way, in that they don't measure up to an image that they have been conditioned to over many years by the media, which tells them who they should be. They see this need to fit in. You know, perhaps they have a very low self-esteem, and so they're searching for belonging. So they look to someone, or some sort of movement they feel they can identify with, which often plays off their innermost desires of acceptance. And this begins at a fairly young age. You know, I went through a phase like that in my early 20s, and I think many of us did. I mean, and for many, it goes back a lot further. You know, some of us as teenagers, we didn't have many friends. Some were not even fortunate enough to have parental guidance, but even some who did were just surrounded by the wrong influences. Because when you feel vulnerable, 
and you're trying to find yourself, you're looking to find belonging where you can. And this is why many kids get into trouble at a young age, because they come from an abusive or a broken home, and they're looking so much to be loved by anyone who will give it to them. But oftentimes, it can be in the wrong places. Many go out into the world and then get involved with the wrong crowds and take part in things they shouldn't. Years ago, in my early 20s, I got to a point where I felt like I needed acceptance or to fit in. And for years, I felt rejected by my age group growing up. Like, I just wasn't good enough to take part in anything they did. And, you know, when I moved out and got my own place, a lot of times when I wasn't working, I was just flat out bored. So that was part of it, too. You know, once you get to that age, you often go to those events or you go to some sort of, you know, club or bar and, you know, because you know that you're able to get in. I can think of many times I was under the influence of alcohol or a substance years ago. And though I didn't attend live events, I did go to nightclubs that played electronic music and hip hop with friends that I had at the time. And, you know, living in Florida, the nightlife there, it's like, whew. That is not, you know, if you can restrain yourself, it's a good place to live. I mean, Florida's nice, but the nightlife there, you know, it can do damage if you're not careful. But, you know, the bottom line is all of these events have one thing in common, and that's that they promote destructive behavior. You may think they are innocent on the surface, but they can allow very dark spirits to take hold and influence you in time if you continue to take part in them. And what I'm saying here is that type of lifestyle almost always promotes alcoholism, use of drugs, promiscuous sex, etc., etc., and so forth and so forth. You get the idea. Once these sins take hold, they can become very difficult to break free from. In other words, you don't realize the damage you're doing to yourself spiritually. Because let's admit, you're at an age where you think you're invisible and can do anything you want. And the recent Astroworld event that took place in Houston, Texas, is a prime example of that. Young men and women are looking to a celebrity, and in this case, it's the hip-hop artist known as Travis Scott, who they have idolized, and, you know, they've seen his videos on MTV, and that's another thing. You know, I did some research before I put this podcast together, and a lot of his videos, they have very dark themes to them. I mean... You have all kinds of women dancing around, you know, they're basically in their underwear, and some of their eyes are like glazed over like demons or like they're possessed. He's walking around, Travis Scott, he's walking around with a joint, smoking it, looking up at a full moon, and there's black birds flying in front of it and everything else. I mean, the imagery is all there. So before you lash out and call me a racist or send hatograms to me, Let's look at the evidence of what this man promotes. I mean, his album art alone, the covers, they show people who look as though they're trapped in a demonic realm. There's one where he has black wings and he's surrounded by smoke. And not just, you know, surrounded by smoke with black wings, he's sitting on a throne. What does that indicate to you? I mean, discernment tells me, you know, that is a throne or the throne of Satan. That is what that shows. And that needs to be well recognized by people who are following artists like this. And then there's the music. Just take a quick listen to a sample from one of his songs, and you can hear just exactly what he promotes. And you know, I'm going to say just one thing real quickly before I play this clip. 
I realize this is a Christian podcast and platform, but I believe in exposing this kind of stuff because you need to shine light on it so people understand fully what they're part of. And that's all part of what we do here at Innocence Redeemed. So people can gain their innocence and redemption through Christ our Lord. I'm not going to sit on something if I believe I can shine light on it and help somebody to understand what they're doing wrong. I don't idolize this by playing this. I'm playing this to point out exactly what kids are being exposed to and what parents who allow their kids to take part in this are exposing their kids to. There is nothing cute and sexy about this clip. It's evil, it's disgusting, and it's a mockery, it's sacrilegious. Everything this artist does is wrong. And then he has the nerve to issue an apology to the victims and says, my prayers go out to them. Your prayers? Prayers to who? Are you serious? Just, just listen to the clip, and you'll see what I'm talking about, and I'll get more into that. Don't you open up that window. Don't you let out that antidote. Yeah. Popping pills is all we know. Inhales is all we know. Don't go through the front door. It's low-key at the night show. So don't you open up that window. Don't you let out that antidote. Yeah. That was fun! Psh, not really. You know, the autotune is already just as annoying. I mean, it sounds like that share song from years ago. Gloop, 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 gleep, glop, 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 glop. Because that's exactly what it sounds like. Gloop, gloop, glop, glop, gleep, gleep. You know, I'm surprised I didn't blow up my monitor sampling that. But, you know, it just goes to show you right there, those lyrics that say, you know, poppin' pills is all we know, party on a Sunday, which, I mean, that in itself right there is a sacrilegious mockery, because it's the Sabbath day. And then you have lyrics like, it's low-key at the night show. I mean, that's almost like he's really saying, it's okay to take drugs in the cover of darkness, and you won't get caught. You know, he's promoting it. He's promoting evil deeds done in darkness. You know, most people hear those lyrics, they don't think of it like that. But that's the spirit of it. And, you know, on top of the album art I just mentioned, and then promoting it all over again the next day on the following Monday. And then he goes on about how many women he had intercourse with and so on and so forth. I mean, I, if I kept playing it, I would have to bleep it. And I don't want to give the guy any credibility more than I already have. But it speaks for itself in that he is promoting the evil and that this type of lifestyle is normal and acceptable. And it's giving a nod to the Hollywood lifestyle that it's cool and acceptable. No, it's not. It's dangerous. And then we move on to the event itself and what it's promoting. First off, you have the entrance, which was a gold statue of Travis Scott. You know, it was an image of his head, which just happened to be golden, you know, just as the idols were portrayed in the Bible, you know, like the image of the golden calf. And on this statue with the mouth wide open, people had to walk through his mouth as the door to get into the event. As if he is representing the gates of hell, swallowing up his naive and unknowing fans. Then there was the stage itself, which represented a portal. And there was a CGI animated hand with black fingernails reaching out on the top of the stage. And then, you know, of course, the fire shooting up in the air, you know, looking like everything was burning and on fire. And a black demon with wings flying around. I mean, this stage, it looked like a tunnel 
And before he took to the satanic throne he created, there were images of druids all over with the message, see you on the other side. So, I mean, it's clear that what this event represented was a portal or a gateway to hell. And his thousands of unsuspecting fans had no inkling of seeing this for what it was. You know, tragically, eight people died as it came out that someone was running around injecting people at random with a narcotic. And it was likely fentanyl because one of the security guards said they had to use Narcan to revive him. But the others, they didn't make it. On top of that, 300 or so were trampled or injured. And so it just so happened that the medical staff at this event were also not trained well enough. It seems to me like it was a sacrifice, and many people who attended it have since come out and said it seemed like that. You know, more on that in just a moment. But the media, you know, they've been complicit in not pointing this out for what it was. You know, they're going along calling it art. And that's another thing. You know, I find it astounding the media is painting this as art. And I find it further amazing, though not surprised one bit, that just two days ago you could do a search on this event and find all sorts of articles calling it for what it was, a satanic sacrifice. But now all the links shown within various search engines promote the fake apology and call everything else surrounding this event a conspiracy theory. There's no conspiracy when you watch the apology that this man was stoned out of his gourd before he made this video, or at least he was the night before. I mean, rubbing his face, he couldn't even look in the camera. You know, I love how they try to dismiss everything as a conspiracy when it's obvious. You know, at this event, the crowd told him to stop, and he wouldn't. Stop the show! 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 I mean, draw from that clip what you will, but these people were right up front, and he looked and he saw them. So he knew that he should have stopped that show right away. You know, I don't know about you guys and what you hear in this clip, but it sounds to me like they're screaming pretty loud. It sounded like lost souls trapped in hell, if you really want my honest opinion. That's what that sounded like, what you just heard. And even though he heard them, and he saw them, and there were people climbing on that stage, he still continued with the show. That's what makes people think it's deliberate. So. When they're walking around telling everyone it's a conspiracy theory, you know, I, uh, it speaks for itself. The clips are all over YouTube. I mean, no, they said he was singing and he couldn't hear. Well, what appeared to be a dead body was being lifted up. I mean, listen to this for yourself and you tell me. He didn't sound like he was singing, brothers and sisters. He sounded like he was chanting. And in the video, which you can view on my site, he was looking on. Almost like he was condoning it. Like it was, like it was, like it was sacrificial. You know, if that was singing, then I need a real kick in the pants as to what music is supposed to sound like. If you buy that this was a conspiracy theory, then it goes to show you how much you will dismiss the truth for lies. And the bigger the lie, how much more you believe it.
You know, these artists have a history of encouraging drug use and promoting destructive behavior. The events are decorated like a throne or a portal. You know, they have occult symbols all over the place. I mean, there was fire. There was a creepy hand coming over the top of the stage. You know, and further, there was a show done back in 2017 in New York when Scott told someone to jump off a platform that the people in the crowd would catch him. Well, they didn't catch him, and he was paralyzed. You know, listen to this news clip yourself. Rapper Travis Scott is being sued by a fan who says he fell from a balcony at one of his gigs and is left paralyzed. We have a video of the incident. Let's take a look. How are you going to do it? Give me, give me, give me I see you. The incident happened to 23-year-old Kyle Green, who says that he fell from the balcony during a Manhattan Terminal 5 venue show on April 30th. Now, he was saying that some fans uh, started jumping off the balcony after being encouraged to do so by Travis Scott, which you saw in the video. Uh, those fans jumped willingly, but Kyle Green says he was pushed as the crowd surged forward. Quote, I fell and hit the floor. Before I knew it, I was surrounded by security guards who scooped me up. He says he was then dumped by the stage without any kind of neck brace or backboard. That's when he says the rapper gave him one of his rings. Now, among his injuries are uh, a fractured vertebrae, a broken left wrist, and a fractured left ankle, and he needs a wheelchair. And uh, basically, he says that his family has to do pretty much everything for him. Now, uh, in part, the New York Post says that the claim against him states the venue and the security guards should have known that he had incited mayhem and chaos at prior events because they are talking about a 2015 incident where Travis Scott was arrested for inciting a riot at Lollapalooza. Um, so uh, this is this is kind of tricky. Um, tricky? I wouldn't say it's tricky. You just heard him encouraging the behavior, folks. I mean, what else would you call it? I mean, come on. Stop dancing around it with hammy comments out of fear for calling this what it was. You know, this is what the media likes to do. Try to put lipstick on a pig and mince words. Don't insult my God-given discernment and intelligence. This recent event was idolistic, it was sacrificial, and it was evil. Period. There is enough evidence to show that, even if you're not looking for it. That event shows exactly the true colors of what they're about, what they're promoting, and it shows further what their goal is when it comes to leading as many lost souls to hell as they can. But keep giving it the benefit of the doubt. And you may end up paralyzed like that young man, or even dead. You know, stop dancing with evil. When you play with the devil, you're going to get burned. And when you play with God, you're going to get shown an even bigger lesson, if he allows you to escape, that is his mercy. So you need to stop doing delicate dances, stop defending it, stop attending it. And if you have friends that are attending these things, you need to do your best to warn them and educate them. And if they do not listen to you, you might want to consider who your real friends are and if they have your best interests in mind. This was a warning shot that God allowed for your sake. So before shooting the messenger, I implore you to really question these things and turn away from taking part in them. You know, this event and everything that it was set up to be, the all-seeing eye, stepping into another world, all this other stuff that was promoted here, you know, all this evil, it goes to show exactly what Paul warned about 
in 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 11. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth, that is the truth in Christ, and following their own desires. That concert had all of those things. It was completely smothered in sin and everything that was Antichrist. Verse 4, they will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago and by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. And this verse here, verse 9, 2 Peter 3, verse 9, this is for those who have been attending events like this and taking part in this kind of destructive behavior. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. And that's his promise to, you know, destroy the evil and all things found in the earth to deserve judgment. The Lord is not really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. I was, you know, just like I was just saying. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. So, you know, when you see these things for what they are, take that to heart that the Lord is showing you what you're seeing because he's patient and he wants you to come to him. He wants you to come to repentance. And there's many people who were there who saw it for what it was. And, and they've even said, I'm not taking part in this anymore. You know, that was a warning shot. That was a warning shot by God, you know, telling me to stay away from that. So, you know, moving on. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That said, Exodus 20, verses 3 through 6. You must not have any other god but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. There are a lot of parents out there who allow their kids to take part in this. Why? Because they do not understand. They also took part in the same types of deeds, and they are cursed. That does not mean that you have to continue living that way. You could be the person who comes to Jesus and leave that behind you. Exodus 20, verse 6, But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Isaiah 52, 11, Get out. Get out and leave your captivity where everything you touch is unclean. Get out of there and purify yourselves, you who carry home the sacred objects of the Lord. In other words, if you belong to the Lord, 
you have no business taking part in any of those deeds. Revelation 18.4 Then I heard another voice calling from heaven, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. There are a lot of things that are about to be unleashed. And you know the Lord warns as to the consequences of what comes for those who do not heed his warnings about idols. Jeremiah 14.10 So this is what the Lord says to his people, You love to wander far from me, and do not restrain yourselves. Therefore, I will no longer accept you as my people. Now I will remember all your wickedness and will punish you for your sins. Deuteronomy 4, verses 15 through 19. But be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from the heart of the fire at Mount Sinai. And that is what I read earlier from Exodus 20, when he says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make an image of a god. You know, he commanded in the Ten Commandments, do, that was his first, that is the number one commandment, do not make a god before me, do not worship anything else before me. And so in Deuteronomy 4, going on in verse 16, So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal on the ground, a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries along the ground, or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to all peoples of the earth. You know, that means those do not come before him. And, you know, I find it interesting because one of Travis Scott's songs that he has uh, sang before was called Stargazing. You know, everything that is in that music, everything that was in that event, I, I already talked about the event, but even the music itself. That music is a mockery of everything God said not to do. And you need to be aware of that. You know, the Lord goes on and he warns us. When we move on to Deuteronomy 32, verses 5 through 7, but they have acted corruptly toward him when they act so perversely. Are they really his children? They are a deceitful and twisted generation. Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Isn't he your father who created you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders and they will tell you. I'm telling you now. So after you hear this, if you're a parent of a son or a daughter and allows their child to go to this, you are responsible and you have been warned. And if you are a younger person listening to this and you take part in it, you have been warned. You know, moving on in verse 15, we're still in Deuteronomy 32. But Israel soon became fat and unruly. The people grew heavy, plump, and stuffed. Then they abandoned the God who had made them. They made light of the rock of their salvation. That means they did not take God seriously. They took advantage, even though he blessed them. They took advantage of everything and then walked all over him. There's going to be a recompense for that, and that's exactly what this nation has done. It has become fat and unruly, and it does not appreciate anything that God made. And it's now mocking God. And it's worshiping the spirit of the Antichrist. That's exactly what you just saw. And all that stuff that had to do with Astro World. That's why I use that as a prime example to teach about the idols. Moving on in Deuteronomy 32, verse 16. They stirred up his jealousy by worshiping foreign gods. They provoked his fury with detestable deeds. There is nothing good about not only taking part in that festival, but then on top of it, there's murder taking place and people are jumping on cars and acting out. 
and they're cheering it on. Is any part of that desirable to God when you stop and think about it? I mean, there really needs to be some conviction here. Verse 17, they offered sacrifices to demons, which are not God. To gods they had not known before, to new gods only recently arrived, to gods their ancestors had never feared. You neglected the rock who had fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth. The Lord saw this and drew back, provoked to anger by his own sons and daughters. He said, I will abandon them, then see what becomes of them, for they are a twisted generation, children without integrity. You know, there comes the discernment again I, I was talking about earlier. They have roused my jealousy by worshiping things that are not God. They have provoked my anger with their useless idols. Now I will rouse their jealousy through people who are not even a people. I will provoke their anger through the foolish Gentiles. That means those who continue to take part in these things and mock God, those who go along with it, they're going to find out real quick that's not going to pay off. It's not going to suit them well going forward. And this is why I'm stressing so much in this podcast, come out from among them. Don't have anything to do with it because you're digging yourself into a world of hurt. And, you know, like I said earlier, when I used to take part in things like that, when I used to go to clubs, you know, back in my early 20s, I had no idea that what I was taking part in then was going to do a lot of damage to me for many, many years. It does not do any good. But, you know, the Lord warns, going on in Deuteronomy 32, verse 22, For my anger blazes forth like fire and burns to the depths of the grave. It devours the earth and all its crops and ignites the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters upon them and shoot them down with my arrows. I will weaken them with famine, burning fever, and deadly disease. Hmm. What do you see is starting to happen now? I will send the fangs of wild beasts and poisonous snakes that glide in the dust. Or poisonous injections that glide in the dust that just happen to prick people in the neck and kill them? Could it be a future disease that's coming? We don't know for sure. But why would you play with that? Moving on in verse 25, guys, still in Deuteronomy 32. Outside, the sword will bring death, and inside, terror will strike, both young men and young women, both infants and the aged. You know, that means God is not going to be mocked. He's going to send terror. And whether people want to realize it or not, this country is going to war eventually. There is going to be an invasion of this country. I don't know when it will be, but you see the pump being primed for that right now. This nation's under judgment because it has abandoned God. That's why people who are taking part in this, especially if you consider yourself a Christian, you need to take a step back and carefully understand that you are in the wrong. And there's consequences for that. There's going to be recompense for that. You know, Ephesians 5, verses 10 through 14. I love reading this one because this is very pertinent constantly to the season we're in. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, I'm just going to say, if you believe Jesus is Lord, if you believe he is your Savior, and that he was crucified on the cross, 
and then ascended to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. You shouldn't be taking part in a blasphemous ceremony, especially one that's carried out by an idol, a man, one who has satanic graphics all over his albums and has questionable material in the lyrics. You need to truly consider what pleases the Lord. You cannot be taking part in this. There can be no other gods before Jesus. There cannot be any worship of the Antichrists. You know, why would you give yourself to this type of material? Why would you give yourself to that type of lifestyle when Jesus gave his life for your salvation so that you could have eternal life and be with him? Why do you want to risk going to hell? We don't know what's going to happen to these individuals who were killed. We don't know where they were. That's not my place to judge. They may have been good people. They may have been people who weren't saved. But they'll never have another chance to call on the name of the Lord and be saved if they weren't. You know, they're dead now. And it's frightening to think that in the season we're in, people are still playing around with this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's as bad as what I was talking about on Halloween, guys. It's, you know, it's witchcraft. It's, it's occultism. It's Satanism. It is the opposite of everything that is God. And it is further crucifying our Lord Jesus even more. And most people who, they say they believe, but then they'll still go to that because they think it's harmless. Well, it's not. It has repercussions that go much deeper than you might initially think. If you take a look at 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 2, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. My friends, you don't have to give in to deceptive spirits and idols. The good news is that Jesus shed his blood on the cross to wash away the sins of those who believe in him. John 3, verses 16 through 21. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. That's what I've been talking about in this whole podcast, guys. But moving on to verse 20, still in John 3. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. My friends, you don't have to give in to deceptive spirits and idols. The good news is that Jesus shed his blood on the cross to wash away the sins of those who believe in him. John 3, verses 16 through 21. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. That's what I've been talking about in this whole podcast, guys. But moving on to verse 20, still in John 3. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you are feeling conviction on any of what has been said here today, you need to understand that it's because that's the conviction God wants you to feel. He is being patient for your sake. And in regards to what the Word says, we only need to look to Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than that sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. My friend, if you do not know Jesus, or if you have never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I want to tell you it is the happiest, most peaceful life you can have. If you would like to invite him into your heart and ask him to make your life better, say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I confess now you are the risen Son of God who died on the cross for my sins. I know I'm a sinner. Lord, please forgive me of my sins and wash me clean in your shed blood. I want you to be the Lord of my life from now on. Lord, please help me to live a better life for you. In your precious name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, welcome to the worldwide family of God. We're a big family. Your life will never be the same again. And I say that in a good way, guys. Take no part in evil deeds. Expose them. And in the words of Jesus, I quote Matthew 12, verse 30. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Again, folks, don't play with God. Things are already bad enough as it is. And in what's coming, you want to be on the side of God, as we know he's going to win in the end. It's already written. And to that, I quote one last verse. Joshua 24, verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live now? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. My friends, it is my prayer that this podcast has been a blessing to you and a wake-up call to repent if you're taking part in such deeds as I've talked about today. Call on our Lord Jesus that you might be saved. May God bless you, and until next time, take care of yourselves out there.